So, Loey, I've been really obsessed with watching Let's Play videos of old edutainment games lately. You know, those old 90s computer games that were supposed to be educational? I do know them. I know exactly what you're talking about. We had this old computer in school where we could play the Oregon Trail or Dr. Brain. Honestly, those games feel sort of spooky now. Which is exactly why I've been watching them. They are so weird. You'll just be going through doing your little math games and all of a sudden a giant skeleton will pop out and be like, what's two plus two kids? And you're like, oh my God, I don't know, but I just shit my pants. (laughs) Or there's a friendly looking doctor and he gives you a spelling quiz. But when you get an answer wrong, his eyes turn bloodshot red and he tells you get the next question right or else. Loey, there's actually one game in particular that really ups the spook factor to a million. Have you ever heard of the Museum of Anything Goes? Uh, yeah, Elle. I've actually heard a lot and have so much to say about that game. Me too. Me too. I'm kind of obsessed. Are you ready to talk about it? As always, I am so ready. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your friendly neighborhood true believer and gamer girl for the day. I am Eleanor, fellow gamer girl, woo, <laughs> also your stubborn skeptic. Together we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for, we might scare ourselves into staying up all night, but one thing is for sure, today, anything goes. Anything goes, baby. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are talking all about an obscure edutainment CD-ROM project from like the mid-90s called the Museum of Anything Goes. It was an obscure edutainment CD-ROM project released back in 1995. It was developed by Michael Markowski and Maxwell S. Robinson under the name Wayzata Technology. I tried to look them up to find more information for this episode, but I didn't find too much other than Markowski was a teacher. The game was made in Chicago, and in 1996, the company shut down. So I guess you could say this game killed their studio. Seemingly not anything goes after all. (laughs) It also birthed the studio, to be fair, I think, right? This is the The only thing to come out of it. The birth, the life, and the death. Mm -hmm. Something romantic about it almost. (laughs) 
Other than all that, though, what is the game about? Well, if you are here looking for a plot or a story, good luck. The game really does not provide that for you. Even on the back of the box, all it says is, this museum is unlike any you've ever seen. There are no guards, no rules, no limits. Become a part of the imagery and experience the thrill of this unbelievable interactive museum. So when you start the intro, you're immediately greeted by these wacky text effects. They look like they're out of Microsoft Word. There are these weird floating eyeballs. There's a zebra that's tumbling past inexplicably (laughs) a helicopter. There's literally a little bit of everything. And when the screen reveals itself to show the front of a museum, you're also greeted by a big Muppet face who says, you can go left, you can go right, you can go forward. (laughs) You can go backwards. And you're like, oh my God, okay, this is an open world adventure. He's really impressive for the 90s. He's literally like, these are the rules of movement. Exactly. You can move in any four directions. Exactly. And if you try to move in any direction that is not forward, you'll find some weird stuff. There's like a weird interracial family dancing by the seaside. There's an old timey carriage, a kid with a tricycle. There's just weird stuff. And oh. if you try to move forward into the museum, you're greeted by a skeleton. And he's like, Honestly, bro, don't go in there. This is what happened to me. So you're thinking, as a gamer, oh shit, like there's something weird going on in this museum because the only other person I've seen at this point are strange people seemingly under mind control or a woman who says, don't touch me. If you hover your mouse over her, we enter the museum. Immediately, you are greeted by a painting with two eyes and an ominous tone plays. But it does look like a museum right? So you walk inside. There's a man. If you hover your mouse over him, he'll make a vomiting noise Oh, and he just keeps it moving. You very rarely encounter other people in this Mm -hmm. museum. It's kind of a solitary experience. It feels very empty. If you don't interact with any of the exhibits, it just kind of feels like this exploration, this expansive liminal space. But thankfully, you will see that this is a game. There is lots to interact with. And Honestly, none of it is good. It's all super weird. There's strange CGI. There's full video clips of what seems like private family vacations, interviews with school kids, creepy music. Every single quote-unquote painting or piece of art that you can walk up to and click is weirder than the last. I'm talking letters from dead people. So much more. Even though it's supposed to be like this educational game, it does seem to be pretty on the nose with how weird it is because there's like a scene as soon as you get into the museum where this little girl is going down the hallway away from you on a tricycle, a la The Shining. So it seems to be somewhat self-aware in how weird the gameplay becomes. But sounds pretty interesting. Basically, it's setting up to like make probably a child who's playing this problem solve to some extent. You mentioned that this game never took off. Yeah. Certainly did not. Do you think that was the developer's intention? Were they marketing this game to anybody? Was it quite literally something they kind of made as a teehee themselves? Do you have any idea? I mean, as we're talking about this, seemingly there is just no deliberate audience, I guess, because if it's not made for kids, I don't really think most adults are playing like educational video games. At least I'm not. Are you? But I don't know if this was meant to be an educational video game or a horror game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think this was intended to actually, this was never an edutainment game. Oh. (laughs) This was never for kids. None of the exhibits are educational in any way, except that like, sometimes you'll make a puzzle, but the puzzle will be of something like very scary and disturbing. But we do think it's a parody on that style, right? Right. 
but just like in the form of a very distinct horror game that did not have any education to it. I certainly could not find any. Like like the exhibits you'd find were there were these starfishes, these terribly CGI'd, pixelated blue starfishes, and they would spin around. Oh my gosh, let me find exactly what they said verbatim because it was great. They said, to be or virtual reality, that is the question. And they would just spin (laughs) around and say things like that. So like, you were learning something. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how much of it was truly educational. (laughs) That also begs the question, though, who was creating this media? Because, oh, my God, this game is overstuffed with media, like so much media. And it's also random. I remember before you go into the museum, if you turn, I think, right, there is what looks like a still image of a parasailer and just the audio of I'm a dive bomber. Like it's just (laughs) everything is just so unlike everything else. Was it two people just I mean, seemingly it was like people creating all of this. Absolutely nuts. Where were they getting media? Seemingly everything in the game was just repurposed from something else online. I think it would it have to had be. to have been, yeah. But also, like, honestly, with a lot of the things that you've said from this game, I can imagine it being a quick clip on Vine. Like, yes. you know the Vine of the guy who, like, goes down the hill on his little ski things and he's like, I'm a giraffe. Like, that's what the dive bomb yes. thing just reminded me it of. It feels like TikTok sounds. Yeah. It feels like TikTok. It's that level Truly of just, time. like, a mismatch of audio and visual. But were they also, like... Where did these starfish exist originally? (laughs) Did these men code these starfish? Are these starfish somewhere else not talking about existentialism and virtual reality? There's just so much media. It's impressive whether they created any of it or repurposed all of it to fit within their framework of their game. This game is like, it's pretty large. There's quite a bit to interact with and all of them are seemingly stranger than the last. It's also around this time that in a gameplay video that Vinny Vinesauce found a dead body contained within the video game. Up next, we're going to discuss whether or not there is a dead body hidden in the Museum of Anything Goes. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from the ParCast series Mythology. Every Tuesday, join me on a wondrous journey back in time, exploring the most epic battles, sweeping love stories, and harrowing adventures ever told. Heroes, gods, monsters, mayhem. This podcast has it all. From the Knights of the Round Table and Hori the Hunter to Paradise Lost and the Lost City of Atlantis. Each episode of Mythology dramatizes history's greatest stories, bringing their origins to life and giving insight into how our ancestors saw the universe. Ancient myths, modern twists. Catch new episodes of Mythology every Tuesday and binge the classics anytime. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It 
it's not likely that many people knew about this game when it first came out, considering, as you mentioned, it literally murdered the studio that made it. <laughs> Birth debt. Exactly, exactly. Full circle life here. But it did get a lot more attention in 2016 when, as you mentioned, Vinny Vinesauce did a series of Let's Plays on YouTube of old edutainment games. Somehow, he found a copy of this game and he streamed it himself, playing it one night, finding all the weird things that you and I have already talked about. But we've really only scratched the surface. The game gets really strange. He finds a video of a reenactment of a crucifixion, another showing a boy running from what seems to be a very real train that then cuts to him lying motionless in the street. It starts getting very dark as I think you go underneath the museum. It's almost like an underground section, right? There's a weird video of children running down a hallway before being dragged off by something that looks like what I can only describe as a balloon dog, (laughs) never to be seen again. So kids are not having a great time inside the museum of anything goes. But then Vinny finds a picture of what he believes to be a real dead body. So this is not like an animated little dead body, a little joke, a little skeleton that we saw outside. No, no, no. This is carnage. This freaks him out. He genuinely is like, oh God, what is that? And immediately cuts out of that clip. I think he was streaming on Twitch. Oh my God. Okay, but here is basically how that happened. Vinny finds a painting that resembles a hallway heading through the clouds, potentially up to the gates of heaven, perhaps. So not only is this edutainment, it is now religious, but the game prompts him to click a button if you want to see someone fall out of the sky. And when he does, a very cheesy looking low res video of a man falling through the picture screaming, no, followed by a crashing sound plays. Now the game presents this message. Now look what you've done. You must now attend his funeral, but first you must dig a grave. So Vinny then gets sent to a screen where he has to operate machinery to dig a grave in the cemetery. Then it cuts to a shot of a casket in the ground. Then the game prompts the message. Whatever you do, don't click on this grave. You'll be sorry. When Vinny did this, he was so disturbed by what the game showed him, he censored the video. And the video is still censored to this day. Okay, so that's what happened to Vinny. But what happens if one of us were to find a copy of the game and try to play it ourselves? Well, you'll be presented with all the same things that Vinny found. And then if you click on the grave, you will also be presented with a video of a man next to something censored on the table. Now, this is kind of interesting because Mm -hmm. in Vinny's video, what he finds is entirely censored. You don't even see the man next to the table. If you play the game yourself... In a lot of versions, because seemingly none of these versions are legally viable for download, sometimes you'll see something censored on the table next to him. But if you look up the name of this game, Uncensored Mm -hmm. Images, on Google, you'll also find uncensored imagery of the man and what is next to him on the table. So it's kind of a toss-up on the level of censorship you'll encounter in your copy of the game. In the background, there are sounds of a baby crying regardless of the version of the game Mm -hmm. you get. And at one point, a seemingly dead hand slips out from the sensor box before the man raises whatever is censored and places it into a furnace. Now, Vinny was convinced he saw a dead body that day. And maybe you're thinking, there's no way that was a dead body, right? Yeah. In this edutainment game. Not for children. Not for children. Well, not period, but not for children. This was also, to be fair, this was clearly not a game meant for children. 
Like from the beginning. Okay, 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 you're right. This was like clearly meant to be kind of a spoof on edutainment. But to this day, nobody knows for sure what that really was. The censored image might be a dead body, but it probably wasn't human. The man is dressed like a butcher. He's standing next to a trash can. And the hand I mentioned that pops out, it's not a superhuman looking hand. YouTuber Nexpo was curious about Vinny's find, so he did a frame-by-frame analysis. And while he states that it would be next to impossible to track down a 20-plus-year-old source video, he believes that it's just a bizarre video of a butcher disposing of a dead pig. And I think that's what most people online, most people in the comments of this video seem to believe, that it is a pig body. It's interesting because... You said it. And of course, it's a spoof of an edutainment game. But that did not occur to me once as I was was like, (laughs) for the children, literally. Like, why is this such a common theme in our podcast episodes? I think I'm realizing my own naiveness because it's always like, Loey learns that people can be dishonest and not nice. That to say, Nexpo is probably like my favorite YouTuber of all time. I love and binge his videos religiously. I take his word as the gospel truth. Okay. So I believe anything he says. Pig is a pig. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he thinks it's a butcher disposing of a dead pig. That is what I believe too, Bestie. <laughs> so that to say, if we don't think it's like a human, number one, why is that in the game? Why? Why? Very, very bizarre. But like, Do we think it was just a dead pig? I mean, again, I believe Nexpo's gospel truth, so. (laughs) I mean, probably. I have seen the uncensored image and it doesn't look like a human. I was actually a little afraid to look it up because I don't like anything gory or violent. I hate stuff like that, but it very much looks like an animal carcass, which is still gross, but it's very low res. I was about to ask. I hadn't looked it up, so it's just like really pixelated. Yeah, it's pretty grainy. I mean, I wouldn't like, fair warning, obviously dead animal, dead something, but it's certainly not as like, bloody or grotesque as you're probably picturing from this description. I can understand why Vinny Vinesauce, though, playing this game Definitely. was so startled. Definitely. But that said, I mean, again, maybe it's just the gore factor. He didn't want to be demonetized or, you know, get in trouble with Twitch or wherever he was streaming. Twitch is so strict with stuff like that. Like, right. so strict. But the entire game has the same tone. Got it. This wasn't, I don't think, markedly scarier or darker than anything else. I think it was just maybe a little gorier. To be fair, no one's really ever tracked down the original creators to ask, why have you done this? Or just like to ask, why about the game in general? But that to say, I don't really know if anybody's ever reached out. Like, it's not like Mm -hmm. no one can get in touch with them. Just like, I don't think anyone's really tried. Yeah, seemingly not. And to be fair, I think Vinny's Let's Play or his playthrough is the most widely viewed media about this game. And even Mm. that, I think it has a couple hundred thousand views, which is obviously quite a bit. But this game is by no means huge or widely known or super popular or anything like that. Prior to this podcast episode, I knew nothing about it. And you know, I love like weird, creepy video games. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm always bringing something new to the surface with like this happened in a video game. And like, I have a story about something weird that happened in a Lord of the Rings game. (laughs) So like this would have been on my radar if it was really popular. But I never really heard of it. Things to consider here, though, is that maybe these two guys who made this game just were looking to develop a game, wanted to start up a studio, made something a little weird, a little maybe kind of like campy isn't the right word here, but parody-esque. It's kind of campy. It's kind of campy. It's pretty camp. It's pretty camp. 
So they make this game, this edutainment game, and it just never really takes off. It's hard to distribute a game today. It mm-hmm. is hard to distribute a game today when you can get it out to everyone in 30 seconds if you really wanted to. Like, if you wanted to make the game and hit publish, anyone could download it on Steam, right. on any platform that they wanted to, really. The fact that you can make your game and put it onto the Nintendo Switch store... Oh, yeah. And not even it's be like nutty. a Nintendo developer. Insane. It's nutty. But that's say. You used to have to hold open your trench coat. I got CD ROMs. <laughs> I got CD ROMs. <laughs> that's actually. Buy my game. <laughs> that's actually how video game disbursement was for many years. It resulted in many, many, many arrests. But back then, producing on CD ROM, like also games were just $20 for a game then. So expensive. Mm-hmm. Now that's ridiculously cheap comparatively to AAA titles going at 60 bucks a pop. That all to say, it makes sense why it didn't take off. Makes sense, of course, why they made it. But now it just serves as a weird 90s relic. I love it. It is so 90s. You could not find anything more 90s. Like if you want to spend two hours going through (laughs) the weirdest underbelly of the 90s you can possibly find, just play this game. It's amazing. I think we have something to get into tonight then. Maybe a little I a little wine. It. Maybe we'll yes. get real risky and have a glass of wine and play the Museum of Anything Goes. Have you guys ever heard of this game? What do you think about it? Let us know all over social media by using hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loewy and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free, exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast slash management and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kibben. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. Twosome.